G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Thursday, we'd love to get some insights, some updates on the biggest issues as they're shaping our Australian culture. With Family Voice Australia, Greg Bondar is Family Voice State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Greg's joining us. Greg, welcome back to 2020. Oh, good morning, Neil. Good to be back. <laughs> so, Greg, you were giving evidence to a New South Wales Upper House parliamentary inquiry on Tuesday, and then an interruption happened, a security scare. Uh, take us through some of those things that you were going through at the time. Yeah, wow, what a week it has been, Neil, I have to tell you. You know, um, uh, Mark Latham is chairing the Upper House Committee in New South Wales, which is the, which is the Legislative Council, of course, and the, the committee he's chairing is the Education Legislation Amendment Parental Rights Bill 2020. It essentially seeks to amend three acts, which is the Education Act of 1990, the Standards Authority Act of 2013 and the Teacher Accreditation Act of 2004. As the, uh, as the Family Voice representative here in New South Wales, um, we put in a fairly substantial submission to the parliamentary inquiry headed up by Mark Latham and I was asked to appear on Monday 9.30am, uh, Tuesday on 9.30am uh, to appear before the committee and uh, sure enough, sitting as a witness, with uh, surrounded by no more than so, I think there were about uh, eight eight uh, uh, parliamentarians who were who were part of the committee. Uh, Mark Latham goes to introduce me as a witness and um, set the ground rules. Next minute, behind me, only a few feet away, we've got about 30, 20, 30, oh, 20 activists getting up and sort of started chanting, and uh, they abused Mark Latham. They started to chant that transgender rights were under threat and so on and so forth. Um, there was a lot of security scare. Mark Ratham said that we may have to adjourn the meeting, which eventually he did for about 10 minutes. But the important thing here, Neil, is that these people started chanting. Now, they were transgender people, I, I assume. Uh, the police came running in. You know, We had about five or six police with you know hands on their holsters, which is a little bit scary because, you know, that's the last thing you want because I guess with all the shootings and what have you overseas and, 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 and what have you, you can't be too careful. And as security police, uh, they were entitled to do that. But the important thing was, you know, they started chanting. And when they were, you know, re- removed eventually, the issue became clear that the Greens MP was saying, oh, this was a wonderful thing, you know, this was all sort of, you know, showing how democracy works. But the important thing, Neil, was that these people were showing a total intolerance of our democratic process. In other words, not letting us say what we feel ought to be the case with parents and education. So it was a fairly traumatic, and uh, fairly traumatic, I guess, in many ways, experience now, but it, one that raises a question of where is our freedom of speech going if this is going on all the time? 
Exactly. I caught a little bit of the footage from television and uh, was looking for your smiling face amongst it all. Uh, 20 or so activists there in that particular room at the time. And I did note the security personnel there trying to be gracious as they were uh, initially trying to remove them from the uh, room there. Um Obviously, they have to tread very carefully because these sorts of things are so sensitive, aren't they? And uh, LGBT activists looking for the headline that might show that they might have been treated harshly. How were they eventually removed from the room, Greg? Yeah, well, that, that's interesting. I mean, I was there. I was on the right-hand side. Neil, I looked like George Clooney, if you want to go back and have a look at it again, you know, so I've got that sort of uh, aurora about me. But look for the most handsome man in the room. That's what you said. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. But what happened was, you know, the police were saying, gently, go. And they wouldn't, and they kept, kept chanting. And then there's a couple of other policemen came around and said, and the voice was really loud, get out, you know, move it. And uh, that's when it started to get a little bit sort of heated, a little bit of friction. They didn't touch the offenders as far as I'm concerned. Uh, they sort of, you know, sort of shepherded them out the door, but they were they were going reluctantly. But it was a bit nasty in the sense that these people did not have any ounce of tolerance in a democratic process. So that goes to show you, Neil, that, you know, uh, we have to be on our feet every day of the week, you know. Uh, well, Greg, they might have made a little bit of noise, uh, but this inquiry was very important. You delivered yep. some thoughts from Family Voice Australia, the evidence that was being received. What were the main points that you were making? Yeah, look, I, I made a couple of really major points. And the first one was that the United Nations Children's Fund, UNICEF, as you would know, it did a, did a research and Listen to this, Neil. Australia ranks 39 out of 41 higher middle-income income countries in terms of quality education. Now, that is not surprising when our schools are teaching things like gender fluidity, how to transgender, how to, how to convert. Neil, this is tragic because what we should be teaching our kids, and I made this point to the committee, in particular to Mark Latham as chairman and to the deputy chairman as well, why aren't teachers getting back into the classroom and instead of teaching gender fluidity, teach about things that help kids who are dyslexic? Kids are suffering from drugs and alcohol, disadvantaged kids. What about kids that are illiterate? When I was a teacher you know, many years ago, I had a class called 7G and they were graded. They couldn't even read the subject heading. So we should be concentrating, Neil, on reading, writing and arithmetic as, as, as a priority rather than gender fluidity. And I also mentioned to the committee that parents are losing their right, their freedom to guide their children in terms of moral and ethical choices. They are also, you know, not being consulted on curriculum development. And these are tragic because, Neil, gender fluidity is not education. There's a highly contestable ideology which we need to put to put an end to. The idea that schools are failing to provide concerned parents with appropriate forums to discuss opportunities for curriculum development, uh, this is challenging because uh, parents, a lot of parents, some will just be happy to just sort of leave it to the experts who think they know best. Uh, others are saying, well, wait a minute, all these things being taught to my kids, I want to have an opportunity in my local school to have an appropriate say into the curriculum development. What are your thoughts around the idea that parents are actually gradually losing their freedom, losing their rights around this issue? 
Well, they certainly are, Neil. I have to tell you that uh, when I was a teacher, uh, and I have five university degrees, and that's not to make myself sound important, but I have a master's in education, which revolved around the philosophy of education. And one of the issues that came up is that parents are still critical in the development of a child's moral and ethical values. Now, if we pass that role on the schools and now start start teaching about gender fluidity and, and transgenderism, we're losing, we being the parents, the moral and ethical responsibility we have to, to, to raise our children the way we want to as parents. Now, once we become 18 and 19, that's a choice they can make. So they are losing their uh, rights. And, and the Department of Education, unfortunately, in New South Wales, is allowing this radical gender ideology to be part of the curriculum against the wishes of mum and dad. Uh, Greg, what is the possibility that this bill will eventually get through the New South Wales Parliament? Uh, We might find that it's just a crying in the wilderness if it doesn't get through uh, the New South Wales Parliament. It's got an upper house and the lower house uh, to be able to to navigate here. What are your thoughts for the possibilities Look, I sat in front of that committee, and I have to tell you, around that committee, apart from two people, uh, I'm sorry, but one was Labor and one was a Greens member, um, the mood there was, I think, that there was a favourable uh, mood in, in terms of making this, the recommendations to be put forward to the, to the lower house that the government adopted. In other words, there was, I think common sense was going to prevail here. I, I am hoping and praying that common sense does prevail. And I certainly will make sure through family voice that we let every politician in New South Wales know that this bill of Mark Latham's has to be passed now. Well, I think uh, we might uh, carefully thank those LGBT activists for bringing to the <laughs> fore and uh, perhaps a little more widely the issues that are at hand. And as you've been able to explain those today, Greg, uh, absolutely great. Let's move on. There's a bunch of things. Anzac Day is on Sunday. Uh, you've been giving some thought to Australia's national identity and the role that Anzac Day plays in that. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, look, Anzac Day's critical. Look, um, I got called up for national service, Neil. Um, my brother served in Vietnam. Um, and that's not to say that, you know, we're wonderful or anything. It's just that we have an affinity towards ensuring that these people are remembered for what they actually did. And, and, and you know what? If you look at Billy Hughes, you know, our Australian Prime Minister during the First World War, he actually said, we are fighting a life and death struggle. We are fighting for our country, for our liberty, and for economic independence. And more importantly, after the war, in the un- when the unveiling of, of the tomb of the unknown soldier, was a warrior was made, Neil, he said this, which I think is critical. They died that we might live as free men. They left us a legacy of liberty and a united empire. In other words, these people went out to fight for us, and, and what they're doing was really trying to protect our freedom. Now, there was a survey done not long ago and to ask Australians, what do you think, you know, what, what, what's one word that really identifies the, the nature of Australians uh, uh, in terms of identity? And do you know what the survey revealed, Neil? That 47% said the Anzac is, is one word. 
that really defines who we are as Australians. And I've got to agree with that, I have to tell you now. There are some controversial things, aren't there, leading up to Anzac Day. And I know that there's some media reports that uh, there's only low numbers allowed in some of our cities uh, where Anzacs will be able to uh, meet veterans, able to actually march. Uh, And, you know, this comparison to, uh, pardon me, the number of people who can go and watch the football. Uh, Is there, do you think, you know, in in any sense here, Greg, is there a, a challenging situation that we might need to be aware of? Are, are we? Is there an? Is there some sort of bias against the Anzacs? Is there some sort of movement that's trying to shut down veterans marching on Anzac Day? Is this something that sort of tries to quell the momentum that's been gathered over this past decade, which has been absolutely amazing? What are your thoughts for uh, for the for the possibilities that there might not be as many turnout on this coming Anzac Day? Look, Neil, I, I totally agree with those comments in the sense that, you know, when I was growing up as a kid, I think we were doing studying uh, English literature, and I think we were at a play called One Day of the Year. I can't exactly remember, but basically it was about criticising the fact that we were celebrating Anzac Day. Well, we're not celebrating it, Neil. We're, mem- we're, we're remembering those that gave their life for your freedom. And in particular now with the woke culture, the cancel culture... We have another war that we're fighting at the moment, Neil, and that is the war, which is we call a cultural war. In other words, there are woke activists that are trying to divide us, you know, divide the economy, divide people, and, and they're trying to divide us by race, sex, gender, sexuality, age, ethnicity. And you know what? If you get up and speak about the Anzacs or whatever it might be, you'll end up being vilified or even even sacked for expressing a point of view that doesn't agree with the woke culture. So yes, I agree that you know there are real dangers that Anzacs will be more and more persecuted, and I'm talking here from a cultural point of view. And we only have to look at Margaret Court, Israel Folau, Peter Reed at Queensland University. We are under attack, and we're going to make sure that we stand up and for what we believe in, because it is about our freedoms now. It is about freedoms, and our Anzacs died uh, for our freedoms. Uh, very, very powerful insights, worthy of some deeper consideration and reflection as we come to this Anzac Day and just what those freedoms mean for us in mm. a modern day. Uh, Greg, just very quickly uh, yep. on another issue, uh, an anti-euthanasia campaign in New South Wales. The Greens in New South Wales pushing to have a euthanasia bill introduced into the New South Wales Parliament this year. Uh, Family Voice is very aware of that. What are, what are you doing and, uh, and what's the issue here? All right. Now, just a correction there. They haven't introduced it as yet. They're going to. Uh, they're, they're working towards it. I've heard and I've, and I've seen uh, moves towards uh, getting a bill introduced at some time in the next sitting of Parliament. Uh, we're totally opposed to that because euthanasia is not health care. And I've mentioned this a hundred times. It is not health care. We should be looking at other means, you know, palliative care, and, and, and really, um, it goes against the doctor's uh, actual Hippocratic oath where they're supposed to be saving lives, not ending them. So it's a real issue, and assisted you know, suicide, euthanasia, it's actually a, it's morally unthinkable for me now. I know I'm talking as a Christian here, and I, and I know that there are issues that can divide the Christian community, it can divide the, the general secular committee as well, but what we've got to look at here is, you know, we're all pro-life. We want to make sure that we live a biblical life, and I think there are other alternatives 
to euthanasia and assisted suicide, so we're going to be making sure that we don't let the Greens get away with another killing legislation, you know. Okay, no bill yet. There are moves that Mm. are a push towards that. And, uh, Greg, no doubt listeners will be wanting to get more details about some of the things we've been talking about today. Let's let's point listeners to the Family Voice website, familyvoice.org.au. You've got lots of great resources and articles there that will help to shape uh, the way we might think about these things from a Christian perspective. Uh, Greg Bondi is Family Voice Australia State Director for New South Wales and the ACT, familyvoice.org.au. Greg, thanks so much for the great update today on 2020. Thank you for the opportunity, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.